This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. Our podcast is a success, apparently, because she listened to the podcast. Well, they all listened to the podcast last night. Um, Like an older version, because they haven't been listening to it, because it's not good. But they literally, they all got, (laughs) but when I say all, I mean my parents and my brother, they got super bored. And it was 7 o'clock, and they were like, should we just go to bed? And then somebody said, maybe we should listen to Elon's podcast. not going to bed? It's either bed or podcast. <laughs> and so they listen to it. I'll take it. But then my mom, <laughs> me too. I was it. like, it's on the list, even if it's at You're the bottom. Done. But then I... Uh, you got to start somewhere. I, but then my mom was like, yeah, we listened to your one on fun. I thought about it all day. I was like, oh my gosh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> we made somebody wonder. <laughs> so uh, she also told us that we have stopped uh, saying our names at the beginning. Oh. Which I am like, Joseph. Oh, dang, you're right. And I'm Eli. <laughs> and we're back, folks. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about I know. Uh, we used to do that. We were good about it. Like, I'm Joseph. Well, you know, it's like you made it this far. Who's going to, I don't know. Who's actually what gonna if somebody jumps in randomly and they're going to be like, who are these buffoons? They don't even have names. So now we have names. Mom, thank you. Thanks, Mom. Let's see when she gets this. Probably another couple months. But, anyways. We're Show back. Any so thoughts on fun? It'll be great. <laughs> I'm excited to hear him. Her thoughts on fun? Yep. I really should have asked more. I was just too excited that the podcast was working. Yeah, you mean she told you and you didn't even ask? I was like, "Wow, that's all good." Uh, not in that stupid childish <laughs> voice, like my mom's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're digging a hole. It's, yeah. It's all right. So let's get right into the question. <laughs> um, before my whole family hates me. So, the question, which is like kind of generic and cheesy, but I genuinely want to know your answer. If you could have dinner with anybody from the past, dead, they have to be dead, who would you choose? Oh, dinner and dead. Are they alive in this case? <laughs> That's a very good clarifying question. Yes, they are alive, conscious, and communicating with you. Oh, jeez. Anybody? What a Do you have an answer? Of course you have an answer. Can uh, I get Can I get your answer first? Yeah, I have like a like an off the cuff answer, which I think is probably right, but it's, it's so basic. JP2 would be so cool I agree. to dine with. And I've heard that like when you were with him, it was like you were the only person in the world. He just cared and loved you so much that you felt different around him and you felt so loved and special. So I'd like that. But like I feel like that's so basic and I haven't really put much thought into it. But I think that's what I would go with even if I put thought into it. So mm. that's what I'm going with. Do I get to speak this person's language? I'm assuming so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, okay. perfect communication. I think I'm going to go with St. Joseph. St. Joseph. That's so I've good. I've never heard him say a word ever. So that's so I want to know what's on his mind. Wow. I wonder how he was at parties. <laughs> he just sat in the corner. Oh, hey, Joseph. Just hey. waves. Doesn't even respond. <laughs> okay, yeah. Good Golly. to see you, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd pick that one. 
That's a good one because there, no one knows anything he's ever said. Yep. Wow. Maybe he couldn't speak. I Maybe he was a mute. <laughs> I doubt it. Probably not, but... Uh, yeah. Maybe. I want to know if he tells jokes. What his jokes <laughs> he had dad jokes? Yeah. They adopted Were they all about Jesus? carpentry? <laughs> Anyways. Yep. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. So Joseph, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I like that answer. All right. So let's start with a prayer, and we'll get right into it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, we ask you to bless this time. We commit it to you. We give it to you. Ask that we speak your words and help us to inspire wonder in ourselves and in others. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, tonight, first question. You come from a very food oriented family. Yes. Jess? Yes. What what how so? What is that like? How does that display itself? So one of my favorite questions or like get to know you questions. Yeah. Is a uh when your family gathers, like where what room does everyone gather mm. in? Um so for me, we gather in the kitchen. In the like kitchen, really, not the dining happens room. In the kitchen. The kitchen. Yeah. Um, so some people gather in the den, some people gather in the dining room, some people are outside, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family's the kitchen. Everything happens in the kitchen. So. So do you eat in the kitchen? Uh, yes. Okay. But, so, (laughs) it's kind of, my, so my dad sells restaurant equipment. Yeah. So we have like a, a restaurant booth in our kitchen. I should show you a picture of my house. Yeah, so, that's incredible. So we have like our like our kitchen, and then there's, or it's like your standard sink, stove, cabinets, you know, all that stuff. And then there's like a, a bar, and then there's a whole another sort of dining area. Yeah. It's really tiny, and we all like squeeze into this corner. Nice. And so we have two booths, and this like are they like big, square booths or the cool corner booths? Uh, it's just your like. Regular. Standard regular booth, really, and then a big wooden table, and you can fit about six people, seven people around it. It's a squeeze. You can get eight if you really. Squeeze. I was going to say you have eight people in your family. We so. aren't. We aren't all together all the time. So that's true. Some of us eat at the bar. Some stand and eat, uh, and then sit in the den. You know, if it's really full, it's spread around the entire house. Okay. But okay. So you get. So you gather in the kitchen, and does that always involve food? Pretty much always, yep. Yeah, that's cool. I like what does your that. family do? Uh, food's definitely big for us. Yep. Very. We're eaters. Let me tell you what. I can eat an incredible amount, and so can my whole family. Um, when we walk into the Chinese buffet, they get scared. They're like, oh, no, they're back. They're going to eat gonna it They're going to get all. their money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do. But, uh, but, yeah, we gather, I would say... Depending on the season, so if it's cold out, which happens a lot in Vermont, we sit in the living room, which has a wood stove, and mm-hmm. the wood stove becomes kind of the heart of the community of our family. Oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. summertime, it's around the grill outside on the front, which like involves yeah. a lot more than grilling. We have yeah. like a circle of chairs around the grill when my dad grills. Does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's an experience. It, yes, experience. and I love yeah. that. And that 
Okay, exactly. It's an experience. So when I think of a celebration, I assume we probably think of the same thing. If you think of a celebration, what do you think of? Food. Food, absolutely. (laughs) And I think, uh, you know, like there's other things that come with that. Like, yeah, there's probably going to be like fun and other people and stuff. But like a celebration has to have food. And that's intriguing to me because why is food such an integral part of our relationship in a lot of ways? Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Okay, but like food in itself. Okay, to back it up a step, food itself is very interesting to me. Okay. Because what is necessary from food? Just very basic. What's necessary from food? Energy, life, not dying. Energy, life, not So like nutrients, energy and stuff. But what do you get from food? Taste, pleasure, enjoyment, energy. Energy, life, all these things. Yeah, yeah. So you get the things you need. But food comes with so much more than like the utilitarian necessity for it, Uh, which is really cool to me. Not necessarily. I guess. I yeah, well, cuz you can you can it's kind of like you could eat cardboard if it was or I guess protein shakes. Protein shakes <laughs> taste atrocious. <laughs> but they give you nutrients or whatever. That's and true. so you could like you could live off of wasn't there like a whole diet or whatever where people would just like blend their food and then it was Anyways, there's whole diets of anything. You can yes. literally just decide anything and make it a diet. So you can like you can attempt to make food purely utilitarian. Yeah, which I think is sad. But anyways, yeah, okay, you're right. But for the most part, people are <laughs> smart enough. I guess they they <laughs> human enough to enjoy food uh, a lot. People really love food. They love the taste of food. But it's it's incredible to me that just like. Food could be just such a utilitarian thing because it's so necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it would be, it seems like it would be so easy to just have food be absolutely utilitarian, just flavor. You don't get any pleasure from it. But that is so ridiculous to the human mind Hmm. to have food without these useless things like flavor. Flavor is not necessary. What? So tell that to Indiana. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, like, listen I know it's I not say that bad. You guys just have <laughs> extraordinary flavor, I guess. But uh, I don't think the food here is all that bad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to defend it. I so also will the... eat anything and enjoy You're it. It's a you. very yeah, incredible, it's incredible skill. It's a gift from God. I won't just eat anything i will enjoy anything so does your family do leftovers um yes i get the feeling it's no, no. okay <laughs> we definitely do leftovers but we also it's not like weird for us to eat everything uh there's definitely yeah, more leftovers now that there's leftovers? less people in the house do we eat leftovers absolutely yeah but see like i see the way you eat and nothing <laughs> But here's the thing. My mom has spent a really long time cooking for a very large group of people that eat a lot. So, like, there was nine of us. And when we have family gatherings and stuff, so, like, all of my mom's dishes are for, like, at least eight people meals. So when I go home and there's still, there's just five of us, 
We have leftovers because she still cooks for eight people, which I do not regret at all because my mom is a great cook. Leftovers are great. And she also makes these leftover soups sometimes. She can take any leftover and put it in a soup, and it's incredible. She's magic. That's a spiritual gift right there. It is. Hospitality is a real gift. It is, man. Boy, she can cook. Oh, man. Sorry, I got us off track. No, that's all right. It's a good off topic. But, But yeah, so food in itself is intriguing to me because from the point of view of God, he's like, I'm going to have this thing that they have to do every day, no matter what. You know, well, I guess I can go three, three weeks, whatever. Okay. <laughs> they have to eat sometimes <laughs> to survive. Yep. And I'm going to make it so that, yes, there's things that taste bad, but also things that taste fantastic, which mm-hmm. without the bad, there wouldn't be fantastic. Because yep. I'm sure when you go home from Indiana, this food desert it's in your mind. Incredible. Yes. It's incredible. But it's like Mecca. So food in itself is just this incredible gift from God. I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna give you flavor. You don't need it. Yep. He could have just given us gray, bland beans that had everything we needed. As uh, so uh what is it, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine says uh, why would I root, cook a bean? It's nature's protein packet unsullied by flavor. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Um, unsullied. But anyways, so food in itself. Incredible. Now, we carry that over to food is not only just enjoyable and delicious, but almost... Not almost always anymore, but it seems to be like food is made to be eaten with other people. So not only is there this gift of like, okay, yeah, it's going to taste good, but food brings people together. It's a universal language, Hmm. like music, where it brings people together. So that's just a whole other level of, of, of cool. But so kind of my question is, why are meals, you know, like when I think of a meal, like a nice meal, sit down, celebration kind of thing, why is this such an important part of humanity? Because it's not just about getting nutrients, because we eat a lot more than we need. Why is this something that has been integrated into who we are? That's a big question. It's a very big question. What are your thoughts on meal? Why has it been integrated into who we are? Hmm. I think because meals are kind of inherently founded on trust. Wow. What do you mean by that? Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to just have a meal with anyone, you know? Hmm. Um. And I guess you, I guess, yeah, I guess thinking to like previous times when food wasn't in such an abundance, right? Yeah. Um, actually, we're reading in the, we're reading a history book right now. Yeah, which um, is really good. Yeah, that's, it's set in the Roman Empire and they actually talk about inns um, having really poor food. Yeah, I just read that part. Which, that's where I stopped. So, hey, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that they have really poor food. And so I think there's a matter of trust to like share a meal with 
a person, if you aren't cooking it, for one, because you're trusting the cook to prepare a good meal that's not going to kill you, for one, that's also probably going to taste good. But two, you're going to, like, sit and, like, meals take time, you know? So, like, it's... Yeah. There's an investment to sitting down with someone and having a meal with them. Um, you really notice it when you sit down one-on-one with someone in the cafeteria. It's very intimate. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. So, like, yeah, I so our cafeterias, or one of our cafeterias is set up to be, like, a one-on-one dining right now for social distancing and everything. And uh, the first day I went down there for, like, to sit down and dine with someone. I mean, it was with one of my friends, but I was like, this is, this is like intimate. It takes a lot of effort. Like, (laughs) I feel like I have to like really carry this conversation and like really be here. Yeah. Um, and I can't really like just zone out and eat my food. No, let me tell you what you've left, left that dining hall. I have, I am there (laughs) and it, uh, it's, it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you sit down and you're like, I'm just going to eat my food. But like you sit down and there's an open chair across from you and you're like, who's it going to be? <laughs> Is it going to be great conversation? And then like someone sits down that you're real close with and you're like, yeah, okay, nice. Yeah. And then like somebody sits down that like, you don't know and is like awkward and you're like, okay. Here <laughs> and they we, won't talk here and then we you're go. just like. <laughs> Not looking at each other. And There's like definitely a, a lot more just uh, staring yeah. at my food, even with people I like yep. and like get along with. I like most people, but like it's easier for me to talk to some people than others. And I still, I'm just like, okay, yeah, wow, look at this chicken. Would you just look at that? Um, but yeah, okay, I like what you were saying though about the trust. Like, it it takes time, it takes effort. There's something. There's an intimacy to it. Yep. To eating. I guess I guess there's a trust because I, I wouldn't I guess I I wouldn't like go out of my way to eat with just anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um like if I was to choose kind of a meal of convenience versus eating with someone I wanted to or like eating by myself mm. versus eating with someone or eating with someone I didn't want to versus <laughs> someone I did want to. Mm. Um like there's definitely a, a hierarchy of preference <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah um and i think that's because yeah it's it's an intimate experience yeah it's really a it it shares much more life than a lot of other things like i can have a conversation with someone talking to them sharing life in a sense that is less like emotionally taxing than sitting down and eating with somebody mm mm-hmm which is interesting. Why Why does food make the difference? I think it's like a car ride. Yeah, car rides are pretty emotionally taxing. <laughs> what no, do you mean I by mean, that? like, car rides are... It's an activity that you get to do together. I don't know. I think some of the best, like, encounters with people are in car rides. Yep. Car rides and meals. It, they're, they're essentially... Not this, not essentially the same thing, but, what, but they're I very similar saying. situations, right? Like you're doing something together. You don't necessarily have the burden of like there being nothing to talk about mm-hmm, because you're mm-hmm. you have something to do. So car rides, you're like watching literally the world fly by you. Yeah. When you're eating, you have food to talk about at yeah. least, you know. And so there's kind of this like mutual reason to be in the same place together and to just kind of 
be and let it happen. Hmm. But yeah, I feel like I'm rambling. So no, no that's all right. That's that's all right. I love a good ramble. Uh, have you ever heard the term sublimesa? Sublimesa? Yeah, it's Spanish. No. And I use the Spanish term because we don't have a word for her in English. This is a cool linguistic thing. It's something about a table, I'm assuming. It is. Yeah. It means... A, above abo- the table? Above the table? I'd assume below. Yeah, me Sub- too, but usually. Lily told me it was above. Maybe I'm getting the word wrong. Anyways, she told me it means literally above the table, but like we don't have a word in English. And what it means is, that the Spanish have a word for this, when you're done eating, but you're still sitting and talking. They have a word just for, like, doing that. And, I mean, you've been to other countries. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but in other countries, they do that more than us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is explains why we don't have a word for it, and they do. Um, but, again, the fact that this, you know, Spanish is an older culture than American culture, and they have a word because they've realized, like, this is an important part of our human experience. It's just fascinating to me. Like, why is sublimesa a thing? Would you? So, I would say Spanish culture, in a particular way, is a culture surrounded or centered in eating. Yeah. Would you say our culture is one that's centered around the dinner table? No. Okay. So, this is another, this brings me to another question. So, I'm assuming your family probably eats a lot of meals together. Yes. When you're home, do they eat all the meals together? No. Okay, see, my family pretty much does, but that's because we don't have breakfast till like 11.30. So, usually... Yeah, we have breakfast at like 7, so... This this is really hard for me to get into that when I left (laughs) home. (laughs) Early breakfast is the worst. I'm not hungry yet. But, um... I make do. I still eat a lot. Uh, (laughs) It's because you only have two meals. But, yeah, so like, you guys eat together... And my family eats together all the time, and that's when just a lot of life sharing happens. Yeah, absolutely. I have experienced that a lot of families don't do that. Yeah. Which blows my mind. I heard this is one of the most mind-blowing things I've ever heard. Someone, a seminary here, I won't name him, because it's almost an insult, even though it's just a story he told. He said that a couple years ago, when he was home for... Thanksgiving. His mom cooked Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. which I don't think was extravagant, but she she cooked, you know, like stuffing and potatoes and made turkey or something something like that. Ham. Him and his siblings, I forget how many siblings he has, one, maybe two, went to the kitchen, got their food, and went back to their rooms. What? And ate it alone. Thanksgiving dinner. This is this was their Thanksgiving dinner. Like they that's, ha- like that's the way they normally did it. Yeah, they had to him Thanksgiving dinner was just the food. Wow, mind blowing. Because to me, the food of wow. like yeah, Thanksgiving wow. food cannot be separated from community. Yeah, from family. I mean, that's half the meal. You know, absolutely. I mean. That's it's like it's literally like you're consuming the the lives of the people around you with the food. It's not satisfying without it. Hmm. So I, I guess I have a question. Yeah. What would you say to 
I guess. So we were talking about a meal being an experience. Yeah. Or food, I guess, kind of being an experience. Yep. Um, hmm. Would you say food tastes better depending on the context? Absolutely. I can, the first thing that came to my mind, I'm not sure why, was when I lived in Connecticut, which, sorry to anybody who lives in Connecticut, but it's a terrible place. <laughs> um, one of the perks was the seafood. But yep. my, the first thing that came to mind was one day I was just like driving around trying to get lost in Connecticut. And uh, I came up upon this little beach shack that just sold like fried seafood. That was yep. pretty much it. And so I got some fried clam strips. And I sat on the beach mm-hmm. looking out at the ocean eating the clam strips. Now I was alone. And it felt very much like community food, but you know, it was it was a contemplative moment for me. But absolutely, those clam strips are that is the ideal of clam strips in my mind. Really, even though I'm probably I've had better, they were good. But because of the whole experience, I was sitting, the sun was shining, the waves were flowing back and forth. It smelled like the ocean, and I was eating a sea creature. Yep. So, I would say, yes, it's definitely about the experience. Yeah, I think I guess I think to like the best meals that I've ever had, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think if you took them out of context and it was just me eating that same food, yeah, but by myself or maybe even just with different different people, yeah, that the food would have tasted totally different. Yeah. There's a lot of flavor in companionship. I find that so very strange. Yeah, you're right. Because that's funny. Then the, the the first thing that came to me was me being alone. Yep. But when I think of my favorite meals I've had, like whole see, but meals, I don't I don't think people. context requires people. You know, like no, no. I think you're yeah, right. So. But I think that when I do think of my favorite meals I've had, if I think of the meal in totality, it the sum of it is it like a on a feeling of joy and satisfaction that comes from everything, including the food, but in large part, the people. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I mean, like, one of my favorite meals was at this... Oh, it was a restaurant called Cured in San Antonio when Seek was at San Antonio. Oh, yeah. And uh, my little brother... Yeah, my little brother and I were, like, looking for a place to eat that was, like, quintessential San Antonio... And we like left the conference and went to go eat at Cured. And it was yeah. one of the best meals that I've ever had. But a large part of that was just because it was, it was me and Grissom just hanging out. Just and living like, the highlight. Just, yeah, being together. Yeah, so. gosh. Like, I can't think of a good meal without thinking of laughter. Yep, I agree. Which is, that's crazy. Like, food could be such a utilitarian thing, yet I can't think of it without like a good meal without laughter. But okay, so this brings me into another question. Kind of what I, you know, I brought up the story of the seminary and eating Thanksgiving dinner alone. That's so very room. sad. It's so sad, but he didn't even think it was weird. He was like, yeah, whatever. That is the first time I realized, okay, maybe not everybody thinks of meals the same way I do. So do you think that most American families, and this is obviously going to probably be a complete guess on both of us, unless for some reason you have... I have statistics. (laughs) But do you think that most American families eat, like, every day a meal together? Every day. 
No, no, I wouldn't. Really? Yeah, gosh. no, I don't think so. So weird. See, I grew, I grew up with three meals together every day. Like, literally, we were homeschooled. So, year yeah. round, three meals together every day. Yeah, we almost always had dinner together. Um, and a quick breakfast, because we usually had a quick breakfast before school. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, but you think most American families. No, I don't, yeah, I don't oh, think they together. Man, that is so sad. All right, so then, big question. How does that affect our culture? I imagine it has tremendous effects. Um, Do you have any thoughts on those effects? Yeah, I remember seeing, like, I remember seeing statistics about the importance of, like, just one meal a week together as a family and, like, the the sort of benefits that it has on the family. I remember there being like this campaign to eat together just once, just, just once a week. meal a week? That's so but little. But if, if that's the bar, then that means that there must be a lot of people not eating meals together, right? Oh, that, ugh, that um, breaks my heart. I know. But I also think that there's a difference between eating a meal together and cooking and eating a meal together. Okay, that defi- definitely... So I would say it's way better for a family to eat together than not eat together. Yeah. So if they went to go pick up fast food or order a pizza or whatever yep. and then eat in each other's presence. Yeah. Um, but for the family to cook that meal, especially to cook it together and to be there as it's cooking, this is why my family eats in the kitchen. Um, and then to transition from was cooking to now eating together, like, the the difference in time together is like, you know, 15, 20 minutes Absolutely. to like maybe two hours. Yeah. You know? And yeah. That's, that's a lot of time together. And I feel like in my experience, whenever people cook together, there's a lot more sublimesa. Yep. Like a lot yep. more just sitting after and talking. Because you have to clean up. Well, that's <laughs> and no one wants to clean, clean up. up. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's it. That's, that's it. Okay. But back to the question. Oh, so, yeah, so what do you think the, the effects are? Um, honestly, I think it has, it probably has the most profound effect on people being able to spend one-on-one time with other people, Mm. um, or even just to like be comfortable being with people for long periods of time. Uh, because like, if you don't know how to have a meal with people and, and I wouldn't say I'm like even great at that, honestly, um, or even good at it, but um, <laughs> I think you're pretty good at it. I'll be honest. I've eaten one on one with enough people now to know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's a it can be a really uncomfortable experience if you don't know how to eat with someone. Mm. Um, and so I could see why it being uncomfortable would make people not want to prioritize it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But with your family? Are you yeah, saying that's the effect is to not prioritize it later because you didn't do it with your family? Well, I think I think you would end up like having these. So the dinner table is a great place for what so it, it's the classic it's the classic movie, right? You get yeah. home, everyone's sitting at the table, you hear the the forks and knives Click. clicking on the plates, mm-hmm. and then the like dad or the mom looks up and he's like 
so Billy, <laughs> how's your day today? Yeah. And he's like, good, doesn't look up, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that's an uncomfortable meal. Yep. And it, sh- it, it shows in a movie because that's a relatable meal to yeah. people. Yeah. Like it's a trope oh. in a movie, right? Gosh, yes. But that's not what a meal's supposed to look like. Yeah, no. And so when you see that family in the movie, you find it relatable, for one. You recognize that that's not how the meal's supposed to go. But you can also sort of sympathize with the idea that, like, well, why are they eating together if it's so uncomfortable? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you have to. You're family. Yeah, so, I, I mean, like, I don't have any sort of data on it but i i imagine what the effect of it is that people are much worse at having conversations than than otherwise like i i feel like that's the building block of the family the dinner table is a building block of the family i like that statement loud and proud that one stamp it yeah good one i yeah i think you're right i think you're absolutely right and i can especially see that in my family um, but what do you I, think? I think yeah. I think you're right. But I think part of that, that being uncomfortable with conversation, having dinner with people, is people don't know how to be in community now. Like they don't know how to be a part of a group of people as well. Because uh, I feel like the the opposite of having a meal together is like just grabbing something and eating it, you know? Like, there's so much individualism in that Hmm. that there's got... That has to have that effect on our culture of, like, you have to see yourself much more as just me than as, like, you know, when you're eating with your family, you're part of your family. My family doesn't always get along, but we will literally always share a meal together. Uh, we'll literally go from like screaming, fighting to like sit down, eat dinner together, laugh and having a good time. And, and so I I think there's an important part of that is like, we know how to be a part of a family. We know how to be a part of community and not just like extreme individualism. Hmm. And I worry if that, you know, so many people aren't eating one meal a week together. Like, how could the family not fall apart? If you're if you see a family as like multiple people that have like you know are just living their own life close to each other, like yeah, okay, then the family is not something worth fighting and dying for. Well, I mean, I think the kind of the stereotypical setup is that you have you know two or three kids or whatever, yeah. and now the parents both have jobs and so everyone's on a different schedule doing different after school activities and getting home at different times and so it's like well the most convenient thing is for us to well we'll pick up you know on the way from soccer practice to mm-hmm. picking up Susie at tennis or whatever we'll pick up Chick-fil-A and, mm. and we'll eat in the car and because yep. there's just not time to eat together. Yep. And so it's either we sit down and eat together or the kids can't like do what they want to do. Yeah. And so it's I think it's prioritized like that. Is that a good prioritization? I I mean, I don't know. But I don't know either. Gosh, that really just makes me like if the meal, the dinner table is the building block of the family, 
then my mom just, she built the family because she spent so much time, still does, so much of her day was spent cooking, just like getting ready for meals. Because she didn't, my mom is a great cook and she didn't mess around when she cooked. Like any meal, breakfast, you know, would take time and be slightly difficult, but it was awesome. And then a couple hours later, we'd eat lunch. So she would go from, like, cooking breakfast, take a little break, and then start cooking lunch. And then, like, take a little break, get some other stuff done, and then start dinner. And, like, do stuff while that was cooking in the oven or something. Did y'all help your mom cook? Not really. Hmm. Um, because? Which is something I regret, but we were always at the barn. Uh, okay. You guys help cook? Yeah, it's a. I guess it kind of depends on the meal. Yeah. Um, but usually, yeah, there's one or two people. There's actually a job designated in my family with the kids now of cook. So oh, nice. They're, they're supposed to uh, either assist or cook the meal. So oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. So we have the trash person. Yeah. See, the, the girls <laughs> do that still when we're home, yeah. but like you know. I'm at the barn when I'm home. Yeah. I like cooking, and I wouldn't mind helping my mom cook. But, uh, yeah, I do sometimes. We do every once in a while, but not really. Mm. But, yeah, dinner table is the building block of the family. So, okay, we've talked a bunch about food and meals. So then this brings up kind of a whole different level question. When Jesus came, incarnation, what did he do? He ate meals with a lot of people. He ate meals with a bunch of people, including sinners and tax collectors. I love I, this cool another linguistic thing. Companion means with bread. Yep. So, like, mm. yep. to have a companion is someone that you, you eat bread with. Um, but, yes? So what I find, I guess, fascinating in this context is that... A, Usually you hear companion, and I think companion on a journey because of that yeah. stupid oh. song. Um, <laughs> we are companions <laughs> on the journey. It's terrible. I think it was actually denounced by the USCCB. Ah, um, anyways, <laughs> I always think of companion on a journey. Um, and I guess in the time of Christ, to have a companion, someone you're breaking bread with, like that's not just a like one day kind of thing or a one meal Mm. kind of thing. That's like a day in, day out. We're breaking bread together for weeks, months at a time, you know? I feel like it could be, but at the same time, I think it would, like when you look at the Pharisees would see Jesus eating with prostitutes and tax collectors and they weren't like, you know, whatever he's eating with people. They were like, he's eating with tax collectors and sinners. Would you call them companions, though? Like, I would call the apostles companions. Well, they definitely were companions. I don't know, necessarily, ancient Near East um, (laughs) dining culture. Fair, fair. (laughs) But I would say that, yeah, like, the fact that you had a meal with them was something special. Like, you're sharing life with them. You're Mm. picking these people. It's like, uh, it's really awesome, actually, when Jesus calls St. Matthew... He has a meal with tax collectors and sinners, which Matthew was a tax collector. And Pharisees are like, what are you doing? And he says, I didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. Mm -hmm. Um, Which 
implies that he's healing. So, like, these are the sick. He, huh. he came to heal. And what is he doing with them? He's eating with them. His healing of them is his sharing of the meal with them. Interesting. Yeah. Which brings a whole new level into meal, first of all. Uh, but also just Jesus' presence, I think. But so Jesus eats with a bunch of people. That's what he does. Jesus goes around to people's houses. He lets other people provide for him, lets people cook for him. He eats with them. And then a certain Thursday comes along, and what does he have? The Last Supper. This is like the culmination of his journey with the disciples. Is in a meal. It's supper. And what does he say at that supper? Quiz for the seminarian. This is my body? Yeah, keep going. The important part I'm looking for has to do with... Are partaking in the meal. Do this room. Exactly. Dude. <laughs> like, he says a lot of that things. Was, there was a lot there. There's a whole discourse. Um, but uh, do this and remember to me. One of you will betray me. Yeah. <laughs> he also took the yes. Uh, uh, and, but you know what? That's a good point. What does he say? Who, who does he say is going to betray him? He doesn't. He, well, he does at one of the Gospels. He says... He whom I dip my hand into the pot with oh, will betray yeah. me. Comes back to food. Hmm. Who he's like intimately sharing this food with yeah. is going to betray him. And Judas is like, did I touch his hand? <laughs> but uh, apparently. But, so then, you know, like that, do this in remembrance of me. Then he goes, he dies, he rises. And we have now the mass. We have the holy sacrifice, the mass, which is, in essence, a meal. Yeah. Not even an essence. The altar is a table. Yeah. The altar is a table. It's a it's a meal. It's a meal shared with other people, and I think that that's been very lost, because in a sense, in a good sense, uh, of like the sacredness of it, doesn't you know we don't have meals that are the sacred anymore. The ancient Jews did have sacred meals. Yeah. So they don't have a hard time carrying this over. But for Americans, I think it kind of has to be like casual. That's interesting. Yeah. But so the Jews had sacred meals. Hmm. We have a sacred meal. But we have a hard time connecting the sacred with the meal. And what did we say makes food taste better? The experience? The experience Including who we eat it with. And I think when we lose the context of the meal, Hmm. we lose the context of being in community. Like, we go up... Communion is a very individual thing for us most of the time. But if we bring back the context of the meal, communion becomes a shared meal. And not only are we sharing it with the other people in the church... We're sharing it with Jesus, in a sense, you know, like very intimately sharing it with Jesus. We're yeah. consuming him. Um, but also, you know, all of the heavenly choir, the whole church together at one meal. I love thinking, you know, have you ever been mm. in a moment that's so good that it loses its time? Yeah. I love thinking Jesus has been with the apostles for three years. He's shown them perfect love. 
I'm assuming perfect joy. And they have this meal together, this Passover meal. It must be one of the most enjoyable meals any of them have ever had. Hmm. Like there's so much good, so much love there. So much to the point where it gets pulled out of time. And now we are partaking in that same meal. It's never ended. It's so good it's pulled out of time and we're there when we're at Mass. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's but, full of wonder. Yeah, that is full of wonder. So that's, yeah, that's really kind of, you know, the Mass is a meal. And based on what we talked about with food, with wow. Jesus didn't come yeah. and say, like, hey, come worship me. He said, eat me. There's something important about food, and not only about food, but about sharing the meal. And therefore, the Mass becomes so much more when we understand how to share a meal. I took French on Duolingo. This is a total kind of... Okay, oh, good. not a total aside. I was taking French on Duolingo, because someday I'm going to learn how to oui, oui, French. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The only French that I know is La fille mange, <laughs> which is the girl eats. The girl um, eats. But mange, M-A-N-G, I think it has an E because French is, you just drop all the... It's terrible. It's, I'm very it, French. And I know. It, it terrifies me. Yeah. Um, where is Christ when he's born? What does he put in? A manger. Yeah, a manger. he was born to be A manger. <laughs> it's yeah. the verb. It's crazy. Yeah. Ugh, man. Yeah, I'm there's sorry. a lot of cool inside. food relates way more to... I, yeah, the celestial meal. Thought. I can... Mm. I can. Yeah, that's can what, when that. we describe heaven, yeah. we say the wedding feast of the Lamb. Yeah. It's going to be food. Um, yeah. Well, that's convicting, though, the, the, like, the individual... I often like receive the Eucharist as an individual. I receive it. Oh, me but too. It's Absolutely. Like a, this this is a table that we're eating we're together sure. at. And right? you know, yeah. a, a Father Dennis it's, said something at the beginning of the year. He beautiful. said, he said, so he was talking about the mass, and he said, very offhandedly, to offside, like our most intimate time with each other. Blah blah. blah. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa what? <laughs> Communion, the most intimate time of time. Hmm. It's awesome. But yeah, so anyways, uh, we got to wrap up. But uh, I encourage you to wonder about food, about the experience of eating, and apply that to the Mass, to your relationship with God. Uh, ordinary things like eating every day, God wants to bring into our relationship with God. So we got to ponder it, wonder about it. What's the best meal you've ever had? What's the best meal you ever had? What made it so good? Yeah. Best meal I've ever had is the Eucharist. Amen. <laughs> all right. Yeah, May I'm all of week. your wonders be blessed. Yeah.